Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is the 11th CEO Roundtable. I'm the principal of Ari Kaplan Advisors. I run a company called Keyspoint. We provide discovery technology to law firms, government, and uh, corporate clients. Hypro is an e-discovery and IG software provider to pretty much all major segments, law firms, corporate, government, and to the service providers themselves. CEO ProfitSolve, and we focus on delivering technology solutions to multiple professional services verticals, legal being the largest that we have in our company today. I run a legal marketplace called Obelisk Support. It's a fully bootstrapped business, so we have about 2,500 lawyers, all seniority levels, on a platform and multi-million revenues, enterprise clients. I also run a charity that focuses on celebrating women in law. Also, I've just been elected to the Law Society Council as a council member. Imburse is a company that focuses in software for spend management. Some of you may be familiar with our product, Imburse Chrome River, which do travel and expense management, invoice processing, and overall spend automation. So uh, we've got about 18,000 customers across the globe. I'm the CEO of TrustPoint One, and we're a tech-enabled, diversified legal services company e-discovery, document review, legal staffing, court reporting, translations. I'm CEO of Paradigm. We offer a suite of practice management solutions with embedded payments that serve primarily SMB law firms. I've been with the business about five years, started as CEO of Practice Panther, which is our largest product, and kind of formed Paradigm over the years. The e-discovery management review provider uh, based in Dallas. We've got about 250 lawyers on various projects providing people and technology in, in the e-discovery world. Eversort, which is an AI for contracting uh, company. I'm CEO of Magna Legal Services. We are in uh, jury and trial consulting, court reporting, records retrieval, language services, social media surveillance, graphics. We have about 20 offices around the country. Where have you found opportunities over the last year or so? Spend management, there's the end user component, trying to make life really easy for people who are traveling, our customers, employees, and trying to make it so they don't have to fill out expense reports or collect receipts and things like that. And that's been a lot of our focus the last couple of years as it's been hard to, you know, it's been hard to recruit attorneys and it's been hard to recruit employees. And so trying to make life easier for the, our customers and employees has been a big part of it. Now with what's happening with the macroeconomic situation, we're sort of doubling down our messaging around the way we can help our customers save money. So, you know, how can we help them better, you know, leverage our data to better negotiate with vendors, to drive policy compliance, to drive vendor contract compliance. And then we help them in the back end, not just to make sure that that gets paid for, but also gets billed back to customers where appropriate. It's not so much that we're finding a new opportunity. It's just that we're sort of making sure that we're focusing our messaging on, on what the customers need most at this time. It's becoming more debated here as well. They've just passed the legislation. You're allowed to have flexible working from day one, but it's still discretionary, so you don't necessarily get it. But I still think there's a lot of movement around how people work, what's acceptable, and it creates a lot of uncertainty. And it's difficult to recruit because of that as well, to get good talent into the same room. For me, as a female founder, the whole supplier diversity is coming to the fore because big targets are 
approaching and nobody did anything about them. So for me, that's a kind of, you know, a challenge that's been recognized this year that I hope will bring opportunities for us next year. But we've seen a lot of change in our law firms, law firms spinning off little practice groups, uh, a lot of consolidation amongst various firms. All of that was driving a massive amount of uncertainty, which then allowed us to talk to them about the longevity, how to reduce risk. Rather than a straight line price, is there a way to think about what their exposure is, risk-based pricing? In almost every case, I went into many of the changes thinking, they're probably going to ask to renegotiate the contracts. In almost every case, though, in 22, it turned into a discussion of a long-term relationship and what it meant. I actually expect 23 to be even worse in terms of pace of change and frequency, magnitude. Maybe that's why I like getting out and talking to the customers so much. We did see an acceleration of the adoption of technology, and that wasn't unique to legal. There also comes with that an, an increased expectation about delivering a really good experience, not just for them, but also for their clients. So we've spent a lot of time looking at the opportunities where we're bringing different features together from different platforms, because we do have multiple platforms that we can kind of choose and cross-pollinate across, is making sure that you know the experience is seamless, we host a lot of legal proceedings and cover from a court reporting perspective and, and our jury and trial consulting. I think pre-COVID, we were at 5 or 10% um, virtual legal proceedings, and now we're at like 80, 85%. That is a big change, obviously, we saw, which impacts our virtual workforce too. How much will that continue? I think it'll continue a lot. How do we continue to uh, support that and make sure our clients are getting the best experience? We are seeing some return in person, but I don't think it will ever go back to what it was. Where do you expect to focus in 2023? Focus on company culture. And it's it's a different equation now than it was before. You know, you feed off of the energy of one another when you're when you're together. And so I am bringing our team together for working sessions. And then around customer engagement, that's also very important. And, and some of that customer engagement and trust building does happen, you know, in person. My intent for 2023 is to begin to remove myself from kind of tactical day-to-day -day responsibilities and to focus more strategically, focus on culture, our values, making sure that we're staying true to who we are, you know, as we scale. We've adapted this concept that we call a hybrid supercommuter. And so you guys probably heard of the supercommuter thing where you had people that were driving two hours into the office every day or whatever before COVID. So what we started to do, because we've got a little over 900 employees across the globe, is we're starting to ask our leaders at every level to travel once a month to a city where we have an office and schedule multiple things while they're there. So they usually do meetings where they'll get on a whiteboard, things that are done better in person. They'll have at least one customer meeting, at least one partner meeting, and then some type of a social event or a, a charity event. So this, this hybrid super commuter thing has worked out really well. People are not going back to the office full time. That's just not going to happen. That's not the future, but people do want to spend time together. And if they could be cost effective when they do it and they can sort of group several of these things together at one time, it could be pretty productive. Are there particular skills that you're trying to identify or that have been highest demand over the last couple of years? For us to scale as quickly as we have, I think it's about designing systems. We went from you know, a small handful of customers to being now in every part of the world. And we did that in two years. I always tell my partner, the amount of work it takes to build a bigger company is the same. The, the X unit of work 
that needs to be done is the same. But in a startup, you just got to do that on a condensed format from timeline perspective. So I think it's finding the stage appropriate operator. We're trying to build a cohesive new management team very quickly. One thing we're looking at very specifically right now is folks who've operated in capital constrained environments. Like if you look back five or 10 years, it's like folks have learned how to operate in businesses where capital is very cheap and you can spend in whatever way you want to be able to spend. We've been profitable from day one. And I think one of the things we've like struggled with going back to my hiring comment earlier this year, earlier in this conversation is finding folks who like have that capital allocator mindset, like the ability to really think about is a dollar spent here at the highest ROI and especially at the leadership level, obviously, like you don't need that from every single person within the company, but at the leadership level, folks who can kind of think about things in that way, if you can think like a capital allocator, then you can also kind of focus your time effectively. We now have a very concerted effort to hire folks that regardless of whatever their functional or expertise is, they need to be pretty highly adaptable because the, the rate of change that all of us live now every day just seems to accelerate. And if I have two people, both of them are very, very good at what they do, but one is is not adaptable and the other one is, I'm going to go with the one that can, can solve the problems and adapt and survive. That's kind of the key because none of us knows what's going to happen for 2023. But if you don't overreact and you focus and you can solve the problems in front of you, that's what success is going to look like. Where do you see things headed? Are there things that people should keep an eye on for 2023? It's different in each one of our business lines. Depending on what's happening, we saw a little bit of a fall off this year with capital markets, which drives a lot of document review and political stuff that happens in DC drives corporate investigations and M&A stuff. So we're always keeping an eye on that. The, The interest rates definitely slowed the deal market and the jury's out on how long that's going to continue in terms of raising rates into the, the first quarter of next year and what the market's going to do in reaction to that. we got a lot of interesting dynamics happening in the marketplace that are affected by geopolitical things. If anything interesting is the global interconnection that we have with all our companies. We do think there's going to be a continuation of legal demand for legal, at least on the dispute side. So whether it's credit or interest rates or no matter what the economy does from a demand perspective and disputes, I think it will stay strong. We increased our hiring during COVID for a lot of remote people. And so now because of the split, even when you have a lot of people in the office, everyone who's not is now a second class citizen on Zoom. People in the office, they're whiteboarding, you know, they're in talking, huddling, and the people on Zoom are all like, what, what, I, you know, can you point the laptop at the screen? So it is not an easy problem to solve for. Clearly, the macroeconomic situation is causing people to just be careful with spending money. Because we save customers money, they tend to want to invest in our solutions, but there needs to be a pretty quick ROI. Our challenge that we've been working to step up towards is if they don't see a quick ROI, they're not going to spend the money. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.